Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Yeah, you're coming now. Welcome to Wrestling Daft the Marks, and as by order of the state of Florida, we are now officially classified as an essential business as we bring you the latest from the world of wrestling. That might strictly not be true. I have not checked out the legalities of that. I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft, and sitting across from me, a man larger than the day of the XFL. It's Big Alex. Joined this week by psychedelic macho man Randy Savage, may I add as well? We are, we, we, we're on Zoom and you can see the video if you're one of our patrons and if you aren't one of our patrons, why not? Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft and you can check out, out myself, Alex and a man who drops more names than XFL drops its stock price. It's Gary Cassidy. <laughs> Oh, Hello, yeah. how's it going? And I am joined by Jake the Snake Roberts, because I yeah. went for the boring option. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the challenge was, we're all on Zoom just now, uh, and the challenge before the programme, which was hastily sent out by me about five minutes before we started recording, was you've got to have a background of an 80s wrestler. So Gary's went down the road. The two of you, I'm, I'm very disappointed, have went down the road with Macho Man and Jake the Snake. Though, I have to say, the psychedelic <laughs> Macho Man, I love it that, Alex. It, it was just for the psychedelic Macho Man. I, I saw this, like... When I send you through, on the back of my searching for Macho Man Randy Savage Zubaz pants, this is the image that came up next. And so after you said, I bought a pair of them. We need to get done. I've went for Coco Beware, by the way. Uh, so I've I've went for a kind of really cult wrestler of the eighties. Um, but let's get back into leisure wear. Alex, this week you sent out a, a text on our WhatsApp group that you have found loungewear based on wrestling. Yeah, so I think it all stems from, do you remember, what was Bray Wyatt's gym character he did in the Firefly Funhouse? The Muscle Man Dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was wearing those ridiculous trousers. It turns out that's an entire brand of American trousers. And so they've done special edition ones. So there's a Yowie Wowie pair, and then there's a Macho Man and a Hulk Hogan one. But unfortunately, the Yowie Wowie ones are not yet available in the European WWE store. And it costs $20 for delivery. So it's kind of ruined my day. Like it made my day. Or was it... There was ten percent, or sorry, fifteen percent off yesterday because I bought the Macho Man ones for twenty quid. Oh, Gary! <laughs> Why did you not tell me this after I sent you the link? <laughs> There's always a Are discount you in the store. <laughs> There's always a discount in the store. You always find one. Um, can, can you have to send us a picture of those once they arrive? Because they just they definitely. Just... Yeah. Next week on the podcast, I'll be wearing. <laughs> I don't, yeah. the, the WWE shop is like the DFS store there's always a sale on man so. <laughs> you know you, you, I think loungewear I wish I invested in some sort of loungewear company before this crisis these unprecedented times because you would be quids in with it man everyone's just buying trackies and hoodies and loungewear yeah. anyway, it's going like to be the next fashion trend we're going to be walking back into work in a sweet sweet pair of three stripe trackies <laughs> or in um, Gary's case, a sweet, sweet pair of fucking fluorescent Zubas. <laughs> I well, like how we got to the five-minute mark before you said unprecedented circumstances well, this time. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad to see Vince is capitalising upon this uh, times of crisis by launching the WWE loungewear. Um, slightly off-topic, boys. I'm just going to throw this one straight at you. Did you guys see uh, Drew cutting a promo on Chris Sutton this week and Chris Sutton turning up in a pair of trunks and a winner's medal? Did you both yes. see that? Yeah. 
I, I want to erase that picture of Chris Sutton from my life. <laughs> but just just throwing this one at you is off the cuff, boys. If there was one footballer, now we have a, 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 rest, a Big Brother podcast called Football Daft, if you didn't know that. But if there's one footballer that you could call out, who would you be calling out and why? I'll see for a second. I thought you were going to say what footballers would make a good wrestler, and I was going to be Mario Balotelli, mate. Barry Balotelli. Oh, that, that, that's amazing. A, that's an even better football question. Uh, question: What footballer would make a good wrestler? With that one, I keep saying that I want to see a tag team of Sin Cara, the infamous Wolves fan, with Adama Traore, who is built <laughs> like a tank. I think they'd be an incredible tag <laughs> team. Or uh, Adebayo Akinfenwa as well. He's uh, obviously built a tank. Traore is a great shout, by the way. And who were you saying, Alex? Who do you reckon? Oh, Mario Balotelli. I think he'd be the best footballer to do a promo ever. Oh, cut a promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why always me? Why always Raven? Or Mario <laughs> exactly. <Balotelli. laughs> I, I, perfect sympathetic hero. What more would you want? I don't think you can look beyond the enigmatic Eric Cantona, both from a hardness perspective and him cutting a promo. I, you know, when the seagulls follow the trawler, it's got it's like the ultimate warrior reincarnated, you know. And you've also got like built-in storylines by just him, uh, like his slow descension into madness and alcoholism. Do you know? Oh, what I mean? total heel turn. Yeah, stuff. total heel turn, and then redemption to doing adverts for uh, cider. You know, it's a complete redemption story. Um, so, so we need yeah. Wyatt versus Cantona and the next day Firefly Funhouse match. Absolutely, that would I would pay for that. I would pay for that. Uh, so uh, on the show today, we'll be looking back at all the shows from the weekend, our usual burying and putting over of all the stuff. Gary, you've got all the news from us. Uh, faster or slow week, my man? Slow. Yeah. <laughs> very, very slow. slow. <laughs> very slow at the moment. Uh, we're going to be fantasy booking island. Uh, we're going to be there again, and it's going to be a book off between Alex and Gary as they try and book drew from mania to mania now alex suggested this i don't know how long this is going to go on for but it's a book off between these two you've got to keep it to about five minutes i think i mean we don't right, okay. really have any specifics uh, of the rule here nice and it was, it was suggested by one of my friends and i thought well we could we could give it a go i've got to well, give the man his due i look forward to judging that uh, later on uh, and local hero joe henry will be on the 10 count this week telling us about some of his favorite things in wrestling i have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. So it's that time of the show where we like to cut a promo on something that's been going on in the world of wrestling. And I am going to take the microphone today because I feel this cannot pass. This week, wrestling in America, or sorry, more specifically, Orange County, has been declared an essential business by the mayor of Orange County. Now let me find this jabroni's name. Jerry Demings, <laughs> the mayor of Orange County, officially declared wrestling in Orlando as essential business. Now, this puts it up there with the likes of the fire service, the police, the ambulance service, and I'm sure there's an abundance of other things. But now, I get essential workers, absolutely. We salute you, essential workers, NHS, shops, because we need the food and stuff like that. I get that. Wrestling in these times of crisis, as much as we love it, as much as we basically need it for this podcast, is not an essential business. In fact, it's the other end of the business. Two sweaty men, two sweaty women, running about, rolling about in a ring with each other, is a spreader of the disease. This is not essential. This is not good. This is not good. This is not essential. I don't know why we're doing this. 
who has decided this? This is mental. Obviously, I know what has decided this. The big money bucks. Now, I don't want to put myself in le- any sort of legal issues with the WWE because that's only going to go one way. We all know that. I guess it does help, however, when you're Vincent McMahon and have the president of the United States of America's phone number on your phone. Hmm. It also may help that your wife was part of his cabinet at some point. Hmm. I don't know how he managed to get wrestling nominated as essential business in Florida. Hmm. I reckon the same thing. I reckon now AEW can just move down to Florida and kick off their shows every week down there that's as well. Exactly what Hire out the PC for the days it's that's not that's being used. Invasion angles going forward. That's, if we can get that from it, then that might be some kind of positive AEW invasion angle. <laughs> there we go. And imagine if one of the WWE wrestlers gives an AEW wrestler's coronavirus. <laughs> well, that's how you get through a few right there. Brick Baker, Adam Cole, Moxley, Rene, there we go, that could happen. Um, but yes, essential business. I'm glad you guys have tagged in because when the WWE lawsuit lands at our doorstep at the wrestling daft, you guys are involved in it as well. So thanks very much for that, guys. Wrestling is not an essential business. No, it's not. Right, okay, it's all about the money. The Million Dollar Man, the IRS, Million Dollar Inc. will testify to that. So we've got a Patreon service where you can pay us for extra content. We've got three tiers up there. You can decide what one you want to get involved with. But shout out to a lot of our new patrons have just joined on. Welcome to the roster. Thank you very much for getting involved. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft is where you want to head. Now we've got tier one. That's our Cruiserweight Champion. $4 a month. For some reason, Patreon only lets you do it indoors. I don't understand that, but $4 a month gets you this. Patreon-only chat community, ad-free versions of all episodes of the flagship podcast, full-on version of the flagship podcast, bonus content from the show, and you get to vote on what you want to see as the list of wrestling daft. That's tier one for you. Tier two, you get all that stuff as above. Uh, you're an intercontinental champion here and that will cost you about $10 a month. So that's an intercontinental champion, $10 a month, about kind of seven odd pound there. Uh, you get everything in tier one, plus you get a video version of the flagship podcast and a bonus episode once a month, which we last week month was our wrestling, Wrestlemania preview show, so you can check that out in the archives if you sign up. By the way, you get all the stuff we've already done there once you sign up as a Patreon, so get involved there. Tier 3 World Heavyweight Champion, $20 a month. Everything in the previous tiers. You'll get free tickets to live events once we get them on the go, and I know you pull me up every week on that, Alex, but we're at unprecedented times, as we keep saying. I'm on mute, mate. I'm on mute. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You'll get free wrestling daft t-shirt once you signed up for three months, which actually reminds me there are people coming to that, so you'll be getting your t-shirts soon, guys. Uh, plus, you get the chance to come onto this show as one of our marks, although in the next section, we'll find out not many people are wanting to do that. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, we'll also... Could you make them watch SmackDown? I know, I don't know. Like, it's like, yeah, you can come on the show, but you have to watch the worst wrestling program of the week and talk about it. We so it's not as if you can even lie if you need to be able to talk about it. Right, we may change that section. But there's loads of other bonus stuff that you can get on there. We're going to be doing likes of uh, Patreon parties for pay-per-views, uh, WrestleMania quizzes, uh, and wrestling quizzes just in general. So you'll get all that. Just all you have to do, and I just say it, do it. Why not? Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Get us on there and we would love you forever.
So every week we look back at the wrestling shows of the week. It is still going because we all know it is an essential business. Um, and we like to bury and put over things from the wrestling. Um, so let's go. We usually, we will we'll start at ways. We usually bring on a mark at this point. I did throw out to the patrons um, and everyone pretty much said, no, we didn't watch SmackDown and we don't care. So we may have to change the slight element of the show. Uh, but yeah, um, we'll, we'll wing SmackDown. We'll wing SmackDown. I'm sure we can manage it between the three of us. So let's kick off in the world of AEW and our AEW mark. Alex, what happened this week, my friend? I'm going to learn from my mistakes from the last few weeks, and I'm going to start with the buries, and then I'm going to build to the pillars. Right. Because, you know, this makes more sense. Someone suggested it many weeks ago, and we were ignoring them up until now. <laughs> but unfortunately, yes, there are things to bury. Ooh. I'm going back to the booking again, and they started with another squash match. And this seems to have been the week of wrestling squash matches, as everything I've seen seems to be squash, 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 as Gary, I'm sure, was taught to talk about when he mentioned Raw from last night. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a bit bored of squash matches. I think these days with, I don't know, the whole balance between big wrestlers and small wrestlers is that playing field's a lot leveled since it used to be. And I don't think squash matches are nearly as an efficient tool as they used to be. The landscape's changed, but just myself so I'm not keen on that I was stretching pretty deep to try and find something else at one point I was going to bury the gun club for casually walking around there with a husky more for the animal pain with the husky than anything else but um, I'm going to go for a booking decision again and I'm going to go for putting Cody versus Sean Spears at the beginning of this tournament especially in a position where Spears couldn't win because Cody needs to go on to face Darby in that match, if that makes sense. Like, I think it's it's one of these feuds that they kind of started building and then just kind of put it out. And I think there's a lot more ground there. I think having Cody go over again, just, I think they can do more with Spears and I think he deserves a bit more. It hasn't really worked out for Spears in AEW how I thought I was going to do. You know, he, he obviously, you know, came up to the main roster on WWE and, they buried him there, really, and then he's jumped over to AEW, and it really hasn't worked out the way I thought it would. Yeah, like they've given, they've given him time, they've given him a gimmick, they gave him the heel push, and then just after the big turn with Cody, it seems they've not really done much with him. Like he's kind of been around, like he's he's there, but he's never really done anything as of note, which mm. is a bit of a shame. But I guess you know, what I mean, there's a lot of people on the card and stuff like that, and his prime might come, but at the moment, I'm a bit upset. He's just being kind of washed in the shuffle. I think they could have rebooted that so Cody could have maybe had someone else in the first round or maybe saved Cody Spears from later on when we all weren't anticipating Cody versus Darby anyway. But yeah. So maybe just me. And yes, on to the pullovers. Now this week I'm challenging myself to not put over Chris Jericho even though his commentary was very good. So he gets a half pullover but not full pullover. So I'm going to swipe past that. <laughs> now to praise some of the booking. So um, Matt Hardy, uh, and them allowing Matt Hardy to do a full broken gimmick straight off the cuff, no curbs. I think he's really shined. I think it really suits the product. And I think Jericho has been very complimentary of the whole thing and made the whole thing work really well. And so just diving straight into that ultimate deletion, I think it's a great idea. And it's going to be interesting to see how he fares now that he's got a bit more competition in the kind of weird and wacky and kind of spooky world with Bray and The Fiend obviously being a lot more prominent now than it was 
when the broken stuff originally came over. So I'm intrigued to see how that works out, really. Um, but that should be a classic match. And the other thing I'm going to do is, the other thing I'm going to put over, sorry, is something I never thought I would. I'm going to put over Britt Baker. Ooh! Doctor what? herself. <laughs> I, I think her versus Sheena was actually a really good match. And I thought the whole base blood thing, I thought she sold it really well, the promo afterwards. I mean, I'm not sure if it was intentional, but there was obviously a lot of comparisons online to the like, shots of her and Adam Cole together and things like that. And yeah, I think for a little bit, this could work out for her, similar to how the, the face punch did for Becky Lynch. Well, a lovely touch to that face punch as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen they brought out merchandise with her face on it, but the the um, the way the font is, it's the Kiss font. So Kiss is Tony Schiavone's favourite band. Ah, <laughs> Easter egg. I, I do find it really hilarious how much like the, the Brit and Tony connection. Like Tony's always on commentary mentioning how him and Brit are like good pals. You know, they hang out and go for like pedicures and martinis in the afternoon and stuff. You know, I find that it's a bit of a weird dynamic, but I'm fine with it. Carry on. Cool. Match of the night, my friend. Brit versus Sheeta. I'm doubling down on Brit tonight. I'm doubling Go on. Down. Wow. I think Quite we deserve it. I've been burying the AEW women's division for ages, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go over them hard today and put them on hard. So I thought they did. I like that. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll move on to NXT now. I'm going to do this in kind of two halves here because I think actually the the amount of controversy that this Gargano Champa match has caused online, I think that deserves buddies and putovers in itself. So we'll go, the rest of the show, there was only two real other matches in the show. Uh, it was there were two takeover matches on there. We obviously had the Gargano Champa match and obviously the women's um, ladder match as well. Uh, so let's start with the uh, buddies then, um, and we'll move up to the putovers. Um, I'm going to bury the fact they cut, they showed a promo. Now, Charlotte cut an amazing promo, but then they had Rhea at the tail end of the promo and she was almost crying, which for me is not her character. You know, she's come over this badass, kick-ass woman and then they've, done, they've cut this kind of into the show, this uh, post-WrestleMania promos with the two of them and Rhea is almost crying now and she's saying, she's a lot better than I expected. That that for me shouldn't be within her character. It should be like, right, I'm going to kick her ass the next time. You know, she got lucky there, I'm going to kick her ass the next time. So I didn't like what they did with her character there. I, I didn't think it... They tried to humanise her. And, and I can't agree with you, it was, in a, it was a weird choice. But I kind of quite like the way they did it. I agree it's not in character for her. Yeah. It was, a, it was a nice kind of different thing that they did. Okay. Okay, well, different take on that, different take on that. Um, the other thing I would like to, to bury is uh, in the share, in the share at the moment, I think they're going to, I mean, they've, they've come in, they've obviously did the squash match. Squash match for me went on a wee bit too long, but they've, they've, I've seen this story before. I've seen this story before of these big guys coming in, you know, look, they'll be built, They'll be built. I mean, I think you've just got to look at like Forgotten Sons, and they just they kind of disappear. So, I'm, I've seen this story before, and I'm, I hope they look. Gr- I mean, they look like monsters. They look great, but you just hope it's not the same story for like two big beasts, like it has been for so many tag teams that have passed through NXT in that kind of same mode. So, I think having the uh, Bevins there um, will really help. 
with him. He what was he? He pulls some amazing face. He like did. Kind of just the eyes he makes. Uh, that face is that face for me is over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so actually on that, let's switch over to the put-overs and let's just put over in the women's ladder match, Robert Stone. It was old school. You know, it, it helped that you could obviously hear everything he was saying, but Robert Stone, Robbie, as, as many people know him, um, in that whole thing, just was playing the, the management role to perfection, you know, getting in the ring, trying to help Chelsea green up the ladder. Some of the vocals and audibles were brilliant for her, fanning her with a book to try and wake her up. It was just old school heel management and I, I, I loved it. And I, I really, I'd like, to, I'd like to see the return of stables, like management stables like we did have. I've been crying out for that for a long time. So in NXT with the likes of Bivens, Stone, and bringing kind of a stable together, I'd love to see that happen. So putting over Robert Stone in that. Because Vegas doing it on the main roster. So yeah, exactly. It would be great. It would be really good. And you know what? Um, I've got to put over the fact that Ronaldo was back in uh, commentary as well. Good to see him back. It wasn't live. It was obviously he was doing it from <laughs> some from home. But it was just great to hear his voice again. Really, really good to hear his voice. Right, so we had the two matches on. We had a couple of promos and stuff in bit in between, but let's get to the meat and gravy of NXT. Now, I'm going to go around the, the, the Zoom chat here. I've got to go around the room first and get your opinions on it because it landed in a week where we've had the Firefly Funhouse and we'd also had the Boneyard match. Alex, coming to you, have you seen the match? Yeah, yeah. What I did you think? I think they did a really good job production-wise of making it feel different from a lot from everything else. The lack of, like, kind of the, the filler they put over the camera, the lack of commentary. I think it, they managed to differentiate it from the Edge Orton match that I was really worried they weren't going to do. I like the ending. I like the callbacks because, of course, you've got, like, the ring being draped up and stuff like that. I thought there was a lot of good little Easter eggs in there. I, I'm kind of unsure about how they executed the Candice bit at the end. Interesting. I, I like the idea, but it was the whole way she came in there, but it, it felt right. a little bit yeah. wishy-washy, almost. Gary, coming to you on this, what do you think of it? Yeah, right, so I thought it was fine. Uh, I didn't love it, didn't hate it, but I think it was destined for failure, um, just because, like, two reasons. Obviously, we mentioned there the Edge-Orton match being in essentially the same week and in a very similar setting. I think they did well to differentiate it for that. I think, you know, the, the stuff on top of the, the truck, whether, you know, I, I wasn't a massive fan of it, but the camera angles and stuff were great. I think it was also destined to fail because Gargano and Champa has relied so heavily on the audience that having this match is like the big blow-off. You've been mentioning for the past few weeks about Helen Cell being the, the only way to blow this uh, full rivalry off. And I think this just fell a wee bit short of what it should have, just because there wasn't a crowd. So obviously no blame on WWE there. But I did like it. Um, there was a load of good callbacks. Uh, but my favourite bit of the full match was actually seeing Scarlett Bordeaux and Killer Cross in the car. So <laughs> take for that what you will. <laughs> right, it's interesting. You, you, you guys have raised a lot of good points there. But do you know what? I loved it. I am wearing a Johnny Gargano. I'm, I, uh, sorry, I'm wearing a Johnny Gargano. But it's high, it, I've seen people giving it an A. I've seen people giving it an F. It's it's a real 50-50 split on it. Now, don't get me wrong, let's start with the buddies. There's bits I didn't like about the match. Um, I thought, from a production point of view, 
I thought there was cut too much. It was too the cut and then the editing of the match. It wasn't as you know, it wasn't didn't allow for storytelling. If you get what I mean, it was really it was cut really, really, really quick and real. There was some really bad editing stuff on it. So that's from a technical point of view. I, I didn't like that. I'm also going to have to bury the Candice LeRae thing with you in this, Alex. I did not like, I don't think she needed to be involved. I can see why she was involved, because she's been involved kind of throughout the whole series of matches. Uh, but the, 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 the cup and the booting of the bars. Um, Her character you know, needed a refresh, but I just don't think, I, I like the way they kind of alluded to it at the start, but. I, the fact. The fact she drove Gargano to to the that play, that that um, place in a ring gear was like what? <laughs> what is that? Um, I hate my husband, Tommaso. I hate my husband. I know, I know. Um, so I, I, yeah, I didn't like her her involvement really at all. And I, you also got to bury the fact it's meant to be an empty arena match. Yeah, there's Triple H sitting with a steel chair in the middle of the ring. In that empty arena, we also had crutches, chairs, tables, ladders. What? Come I really like the way it started, though, with Trips and just being like, he's going to officiate him, do what he says, when I close yeah. the door, it's on. I thought that was cool. That was cool. So that's when Buddy's on the match. And the put-overs for it, I think, has to be... Um, I I think just the whole... Uh, I'm glad it kind of concluded with a winner, but I really was really hoping for that point where they were kind of hugging and saying sorry to each other, that they kind of walked out arm in arm round each other <laughs> out of this performance center with this sort of sun going behind them because that's that i love both of the guy i love them both dearly but yeah that didn't happen but you know i i thought the you know taking the apron off spot was pretty cool um but what i've really got to put over for apart from what you were saying the car cross scarlet bordeaux little easter egg in there that was really that was like I think the pure Anakin Skywalker heel turn of Johnny Gargano <laughs> has been has been quite impressive. So we started off with the Phantom Menace, totally nicey, nice, facey face, Johnny Gargano way back, you know, where he couldn't do no wrong. And it was almost Cena-like, and it's, you know, the NXT kind of crowd were getting a bit sick of it because he was really nicer than nice. But then this gradual shift towards the dark side, which they, they kind of kick-started and then, kind of had to flip-flop on that because of uh, Champa's, um, you know, injury. It was, pure, it was pure Anakin, but he's pure, you know, Darth Vader by the end of this series, you know. He has done the full turn, you know. The Wobo raking the ref in the eye, for goodness sake. You know, so as a whole series, you know, I still want, it's not going to happen now, but I still want that blow-off Hell in the Cell match between the two of them. And that might happen further down the line. Because it, you, like going back to what you see, Gary, it really needs the crowd, and that's how the whole series has got through. So it was a bit of a shame to end on this one, but overall, I really enjoyed it, and that goes against a lot of what people are saying out there. So just just my tough and swift on it. Anyway, SmackDown. <laughs> oh, that, match of the night. Match of the night. So I have to say that's match of the night for me. So uh, SmackDown. Yeah. Did Did anybody see it? Can we just blast through it? Let's see. I didn't. I know one thing that happened. What did you know that happened? The Forgotten Sons turned up. The Forgotten Sons. Yes. Let's. Yes. The Forgotten Sons turning up. Well, they I'm, go- I'm going to bury that and put that over because A, NXT call-up a couple of weeks after WrestleMania. It's the only one we really had apart from theory. But B, I'd, uh, sanity is all I'm going to say about that. 
Exactly. I, I would um, during that match, I would put over Grand Metalik because I think he's absolutely fantastic. Just think he's brilliant. That's all, that's all I can say on that. <laughs> right. Anything else from SmackDown, guys? I didn't see this, so have you got anything else that we can bury or put over or slaughter? I, I would. I would love to bury um, them putting Bray Wyatt back in the title picture because it is absolutely nonsensical to have him chasing the title again. So I, I, I don't. I don't know why they would do that. It just is ridiculous. And I would also put over Tucker as well. If we put over individuals, Tucker was amazing. Um, I've been saying he's the genetic of that tag team for a long time. He was really good. Tucker! Um, just, just quickly, Gary, are you going to mention a certain story about Goldberg in the news? Or can I mention, or shall I mention that here? Ooh, I'm not sure if I've seen a story about Goldberg. you're going to skip him, skip him. Skip him. I'm, yeah. I'm the Smackdown booking here. So there's a story came out about the reason why Goldberg went over, went over the Fiend. And apparently it was a push from Bill that he thought the kids would want to see his super. Oh yeah, I'd see that. Yeah, yeah. Ah yeah, he's seen that, Alex. That's old news, man. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I actually do think it was only a couple of days ago. It was uh, <laughs> actually it was Louis Dangle for Wrestle Talk that put that up. I did see that, but uh, aye. So get, so get it up, yeah, Alex. Is what Gary's saying there. <laughs> um, I would. I think I would like to take you up on something however Gary I think this is the only feud that Braun can go into I think this is the only feud with the backstory with the Wyatt family I think this is the only smart feud to put him in, into now whether that ends in the I, I, burying of the fiend again that's where I I, I don't think it you know because if, if if Bryant's going to come out of this with a belt again that's fine on me but if Braun goes over the fiend i don't know where they can put the fiend but at least they're putting it a corner here because then it destroys braun as a, this monster yet can he afford the fiend to lose another match because if he does we're on the bray wyatt wyatt family path yet again yeah i think i know the exit point for this um so i had the exact same feeling uh where i was like i, I love that like the full promo that bray wyatt cut was incredible like the segment as a standalone i thought was amazing but I was the same way where I'm like, they've, they've booked themselves into a corner yet again. And like for this to happen, I think they had to have Bray Wyatt squashing Goldberg somewhere in between. But I now think with money in the bank around the corner, the way to get out of it is have somebody cash in during the match and pin Braun Strowman and win the title. And yeah. it means we can continue the rivalry without the title involved. That's but we'll see show. if they do that. You know, that's, that's, that's my, my idea of the perfect yeah. way to do it. So it probably won't happen. So was there a match of the night on SmackDown? Tucker Dog Ziggler. I, Tucker, I thought that was Tucker an enjoyable Tucker. match. All, all the tag team match, I everything was okay. Like nothing was incredible, nothing was terrible. So <laughs> just, that's SmackDown all over, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it was just okay. <laughs> but it was kind of there. Uh, right, okay. Moving on to Raw last night, Gary. I've not seen anything or heard anything, so I'm intrigued to find out what happened, mate. I'm gonna start off with the buddies again, as I've uh, started doing. And this one, I feel bad burying him because he retweeted me earlier and I wasn't even mentioning him in, in the comment. I was just saying that Raw was enjoyable, um, but I need to bury Jerry Lawler. Um, so for a start, there was a lot of talk about whether he should have been there just because of his medical history anyway. He flew all the way to Florida to do it. I'm not even going to get into that debate. I'm going to bury him because Akira Tozawa was uh, wrestling a match and done a moonsault. And Jerry Lawler called it the ramen noodle moonsault. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> words fail me on that. Uh, I just, 
I didn't even catch it because I had the volume right down and I seen a few things about it on Twitter and I was like, I need to go back and make sure they actually did say that. He did say it, so of course I'm burying him for that. There's no way that he could escape being buried for that and I just don't think it's even worth saying any more on it rather than no. I probably would quite enjoy not seeing Jerry Lawler back on television anytime soon. Um, and Jim Cornette tried to defend him, so that's all you can say. Oh, well, there you go, Jesus. I'd say that's Aye. almost worse than the Cornette comment. Aye, it's, that one is directly it's definitely, aye, it's, it's definitely, definitely up there anyway. Uh, and I was just like, no, nah, that needs to be in the biddies. Um, so the biddy that I almost had, but I'm, I'm going to leave it out, uh, was I was going to say that we've seen an awful lot of Zelina Andrade theory in Gaza, and they did leave the arena to come back in, so we help our music a lot, but it was fine. I'm not going to throw a flag on that, because the other thing I definitely need to bury the ring announcer, um, they had uh, three Money in the Bank qualifying matches. All of them were pretty straightforward. Everybody knew who was going to win. None more so than the match that involved Shayna Baszler and Sarah Logan. And it was a very vicious match. It was a brutal match. Um, Shayna Baszler stomped on Sarah Logan's, like she had her elbow up and she stomped on the elbow, crushing her arm. It was a really, like, a really brutal looking spot. It was one of those ones that, you know, it, did, it looked as real as you can get. Um, Immediately after that happened, the referee called for the bell, but the ring announcer announced Sarah Logan as the winner by disqualification, which is obviously quite nonsensical in itself. But when you think Sarah Logan wasn't going to win that match, Shayna Baszler was. We came back for the advert break and the announcers had to essentially dig the ring announcer out of a hole where, with the commentators saying, oh, no, wait, the ring announcer got it wrong. Shayna Baszler actually won that match and progresses. So I think, like, I normally don't dig up botches, but I think that was such a bad botch that Ooh. everybody was so confused. Only for three minutes, but everybody was so confused that the ring announcer needs to be buried. One, for making the mistake, but two, for thinking that Sarah Logan would actually progress to the one in the bank ladder match. Mm. Um, and um, the, the, the put-overs... Uh, oh, sorry, I should also mention the buries. I decided not to bury, uh, as Alex mentioned earlier, squash matches. I decided that I've buried them so much that they're just an honorary bury every week. Right, if okay. there's a squash, ma- squash match, it gets buried. Yeah. Um, so I left them out. Um, but the putovers, going back to the Money in the Bank matches, um, a kind of general one would be the fact that we are having qualifiers for Money in the Bank matches because... When you, if you win that briefcase, it almost automatically guarantees you the best possible chance to win a world title. So, of course, there should be a qualifying match for it. Because why wouldn't there be? Why would you just get thrust into that match for no reason? So, that's a kind of general one. But from that, I'm going to put over the person that I think is the best shot at winning the women's one, and it's Asuka. I think uh, WWE have put so much time into her. I think so many people moaned about the fact that she lost to Charlotte, lost on defeated streak, all that nonsense. I think she's better for it. I think it's took a burden off her shoulders. She's not got the undefeated streak. She's still dominant. She's still great, amazing in the ring, but she's so entertaining now. And I think they've just allowed her that freedom to go and be her and just do what she wants. And everybody's loving it. Do you not think Baszler's destined for the money in the bank? I think she's the perfect foil for it. I think uh, I think she is going to be there and thereabouts and then just lose out at the last minute because I think the way the match against kind of the match against Becky and then like the elimination chamber was received, I think she's going to be a, a so close but not quite kind of option. Uh, and mm. I actually do think 
think they might go ahead with, with her and Rousey uh, as an angle. But I guess we'll, we'll get to that wee bit in the news. Uh, but I think they'll go ahead with her and Rousey as an angle and then have Becky Lynch's challenge or be one of those two next year. Um, so I think Asuka, I, I'm, I'm certain that she's going to be the person that wins it. Because I think it will be a SmackDown win on the men's side. So I think it's going to be a Raw win, uh, win on the women's side. And I think Asuka has to be the, the uh-huh. one there. Um, the, the other put over... I spoke there about um, just letting people go out there, have freedom, be themselves, and, and it'll work out amazingly. <sighs> Drew McIntyre. I've been putting them over every week. I, I know that I said, like, there's honorary biddies. He's probably going to be on the honorary put-over margin very soon. But he just went out there and cut an incredible promo uh, for, like, the, the opening segment of Raw. A very heartfelt promo. Like, when I seen him in the championship... Like, I'm not going to say I was doubtful before, but I was like, I don't know how far they'll go with, you know, him being champion, him being the face of the company and all that stuff. It just looks right with a belt. And then when he started cutting a promo about being, you know, it wasn't even cutting a promo, it was just talking to the heart about being thankful for everybody watching, being thankful for getting to, to go out there and do what he does in these times. It was amazing. And not only that, when they had Andrade come out and challenge him, they tied up hundreds of loose ends as to, like, You'd be like, oh, another champion versus champion match. Cool. They're enjoyable anyway, but they tied up the loose ends. Uh, you know, Andrade was the person that took the NXT championship mm-hmm. from him. Andrade was the person that injured him. He'd done another wee kind of backstage segment later in the night where he was showing off the scar for the surgery and stuff that he had to have. Drew McIntyre's incredible. I think that's the least uh, controversial opinion I'll ever say on this show, but I need to put over Drew McIntyre. He's, he's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Fair play. And uh, match of the night, my friend? Uh, match of the night actually is going yet again to Asuka, but it was because her and Ruby Riot. it wasn't the most fluid wrestling match. It was just a brutal, both of them were tearing lumps at each other, and it just looked brilliant. It looked like a fight, and it was a really enjoyable match. It showcased Asuka, and it showcased Ruby Riot as well. And like I said last week, we live Morgan. There's no shame in losing to Asuka now, so the best thing that you can have is going out there and have an amazing match and winning over the people who are watching and I think Ruby Riot done that so Ruby Riot Asuka definitely is the match of the night Decent uh, match here I'm going to go back and watch that because I haven't watched it yet so I look forward to watching that especially uh, you, you did mention obviously Seth looks like he's going to be the next challenger Aye um, it looks like Seth is going to be the next challenger for Drew um, I kind of sense. It, it seemed like it made sense anyway Anyway, aye, it'd be better if he'd still had his faction behind him, but that doesn't look like the way. Um, yeah. But aye, I was cutting promos all through the night about, uh, you'll, you'll see what I do, and then, of course, done the cup stop yeah. at the end. So it looks like money in the bank, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins. Well, more on Drew later on when we get to Fantasy Booking Island as uh, you two go head-to-head each other trying to book uh, Drew from Mania to Mania. Can't wait for that. And remember, if you want to get Buddy and Putovers in for Rabbing Gradle for the flagship show Wrestling Daft, you can do that on our Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, and just plain old Wrestling Daft on Facebook. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad news. It's the wrestling news. Boom, boom, boom with Gary Cassidy. You need to seriously get Dev to make you some jingles. Yeah, I really need to. I think that one's a good one. I think I'd rather we just kept that one. It's better than the name dropping anyway. Yeah, I need to get a better jingle. I'll make something for next week, right? I'll make something for next week. All right. So, my friend, it's been a slow week for you yet again. 
Uh, have you got any? I've got wrestling news for, for you. Um, on last <laughs> week's podcast, we had Drew McIntyre, uh, brother John, and Drew has called out Gradle and Rab, <laughs> uh, both individually. Uh, Gradle, he said, thank you for the message that he got sent ahead of his uh, world title victory. And he has called out Rab, and not only has he called out Rab, He's called out Lemmy, and he says Lemmy. that Lemmy and Grado, uh, Lemmy and Rab are after Sutton um, and Tyson Fury because all he does is get sent that accent memes all the time, and also the real guy from Burniston uh, clips all the time. So there's some news from you. Drew has called out Rab and Lemmy, so maybe we'll maybe see some sort of tag team comedy faction like handicap match at an ICW ring. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, so that's the news I've got for you I'd guys. I'd be happy with that. Uh, so that's news from last week's podcast. What have you got, mate? I guess we'll start off with the stuff outside the ring first, um, just because that seems to always be the way it is now. Um, actually, the one one thing that I should mention is the cancellations. Um, found out last week that uh, WWE's UK tour isn't going to go ahead, which we thought that was the case anyway. Um, but got got that. Um, I kind of followed up with a few of the venues, and they were saying as of now it's going ahead. And then eventually I got the no, it's not going ahead. Uh, it's all been delayed until October. The actual um, tour was meant to take place in November, so it looks as if we're going to get the SmackDown tour in October, which is the one it was meant to be now. I think we might see Drew McIntyre switching places at the next shakeup so that we get him on that tour. Um, but SmackDown tour in October, nothing in November now because obviously it's too soon. This is also all subject to change, I should say, um, but yeah. it looks like the next one will be April, so they're essentially bringing them forward a month both times. Another thing is, uh, I'll mention something about Money in the Bank later, but Money in the Bank, the venue confirmed that will not take place as planned, which is what we thought again. There'll be no crowd there. It won't take place at the, I believe it was State Farm Arena it was meant to take place at. It's not going to be there. It'll probably be at the Performance Centre. Um, leading on for that to slightly more serious out of the ring stuff, uh, as we've referenced already, Jerry Dennings or Demings, I believe it is, <laughs> classifying WWE as essential media. Of course, it's big news because it means we're going to get live WWE shows every week now, um, whereas WWE had tentatively planned to record a lot of, essentially, a lot of content this week so that they had a lot going forward, which it seems that's why there was actually a lot of talent at Raw last night. Um, they'd planned to bring them in already to do all these recordings. Now they're just going to be alive. No real explanation as to why they're essential media, aside from they were not deemed to be essential media to begin with. And then there was some kind of change that led to them being deemed essential media. Who knows why? I'm not here to speculate on that, uh, but I'll leave that to the, the listeners' imagination as to why WWE is now essential media and whether they believe WWE to be essential media, which I think we've confirmed we do not believe they are. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm grateful we're getting something. I'll say that. I'm grateful we're getting something, but they've got the back catalogue. They could have just ran, you know, the Drew McIntyre Chronicle or the Edge 24 or 365. Yeah. Um, because I just ran a load of that stuff but ugh, they're going to be running shows anyway so I guess it gives us something to talk about every week um, that also kind of falls on for the, the thing that happened last week Smackdown being being live um, that was meant to be pre-recorded or sorry that was meant to be the last live show and then we were going into pre-recorded shows but aye that was um, them doing a lot of pre-recorded stuff was scrapped and then they decided to just go the whole hog go live and I were getting shows, so into the, the actual in-ring stuff, Ronda Rousey 
<laughs> while this is happening outside the ring, you've got to imagine the payoff is going to be her coming back. She done uh, a podcast recently with Steve-O, which might sound bizarre. One person that links the two of them up, they were both on Gordon Ramsay's Scrambled uh, YouTube series recently, so I think that's where what? the friendship comes from. Just I, uh, Gordon Ramsay's been doing a show called Scrambled, where uh, Nikki Bella's been on it, Brie Bella, um, a lot of folk have been on it, um, where they just make an omelette or make whatever. Um, these two were on this, and I believe they all live in the same kind of place. So Steve-O invited Ronda Rousey on a podcast, and man... There's been a lot of comments about whether this is a work or a shoot. I think it's a bit of both, in all honesty. Um, firstly, Ronda Rousey confirmed that uh, when she signed with WWE, she had a, a broken back, she had um, a, a broken vertebrae, she had to sleep on a memory foam uh, pillow every night, essentially, to, to make her able to compete. So, bit of respect to her for that. And then I'll let uh, the listeners decide whether they want to give her some respect for the other stuff she's been saying, because she essentially said, oh, it was good going out there and doing the fake fighting, um, which, you know, kind of rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way. But if, if it's just her realistically working everybody, it's, it's pretty good stuff. She said that and kind of, uh, it's a bit of a follow-on for the character that she played, but the most controversial uh, comment she made was, why would I be out there doing stuff for the ungrateful fans when I could be at home with my family. She she went a wee bit more controversial than I've put it there, but she she unloaded on the fans that had kind of not taken to her as, as people thought she'd be taken to. A lot of people think it was a work, a lot think it was a shoot. I, I, I do think it's somewhere in between. I think there's definitely a degree of honesty there. If you've seen Ronda Rousey talking, she's the kind of person that does seem to take stuff personally, for better or worse. Um, but you'd have to think, WWE, if it's a work or a shoot, they need to capitalise on this and bring her back in. And I do think we've seen that because on uh, Raw last night, while speaking to Shayna Baszler, the backstage interviewer said, what do you think of Ronda Rousey's comments? Radio silence. Um, so I think we're definitely going to get something there going forward, which obviously there's kind of unfinished business with, with Becky Lynch. And she did, no matter what you say about her, I don't think the women would have main evented WrestleMania as quickly as they did. I think they would have eventually, but as quickly as they did without Ronda Rousey. She is a draw. People will tune in. As was seen by her saying this, it went mental. And I don't think a Steve Ronda Rousey podcast would have went mental had she not said this kind of thing. So I do think we're going to see a wee bit more of Ronda Rousey going forward. I think it's a. I think it will be a good move if she does. Uh, but let's see on that. It, it was the huge news, and it even prompted her to make a video punching a cuddly toy of Hulk Hogan, and then she posted some big undecipherable quote with no grammar in it, and then Hulk Hogan replied to it as well. Mental stuff. Um, but I we'll see how that one goes. Uh, I don't think she'll return as quickly as Money in the Bank, but you never know. It might be a SummerSlam one. But we're getting a load of stuff for Money in the Bank. You know, I mentioned earlier about the venue saying it was cancelled. It seems like it's most definitely going ahead because if you watched Raw last night or if you've seen anything on the social media channels, we're getting qualification matches. Um, so we had the three women's ones last night that we mentioned, obviously. Sarah Logan didn't progress because Shayna Baszler beat her, no matter what the ring announcer said. Um, we had Nia Jax progress and we had Asuka progress. Well, next week, MVP announced during the VIP lounge last night that we're getting three other first-time matches. We're getting Alistair Black versus Austin Theory. Um, we're getting Rey Mysterio versus Murphy. And he announced the 
we are getting, I forget who he's competing against. No, Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews is competing against, in MVP's words, a guy who's the most legendary ladder, ma- uh, ladder match competitor in WWE. Everybody's minds racing. Is it Edge? Is it Jeff Hardy? No, it's MVP. Um, so we've got three <laughs> male matches confirmed <laughs> for next week. The only one that's confirmed for SmackDown, Daniel Bryan's going to be competing, but it looks like we're going to have at least three for Raw, three for SmackDown. Obviously, over the past few years, it's been between six and eight superstars. No confirmation yet as to how many it will be, but we've got the three matches, so at least we'll know six, probably nine of the competitors by next week's show as to who's going to be in the Money in the Bank matches. And obviously, we mentioned Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins, so Money in the Bank's going ahead, probably for the Performance Centre, I guess. And I guess we'll just need to wait for more announcements than that. Well, die. I, bet, I think Money in the Bank, actually, I think, is a pay-per-view... I think it'll work okay without a crowd. I think it'll do, you know, just because yeah. of the, 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 the whole aspect of it, I think it'll work actually okay without, without a crowd. Certainly judged on the ladders match that they had. The ladder uh, match at WrestleMania. And the ladder match had on NXT the other night. That worked really, really well. Oh, come NXT back, as well, yeah. NXT yeah. As well. Come back to the Rosie stuff. Now, Alex, come to you. What do you think? Work or a shoot? I really, want to, I really want to pick one, but I think Gary's fallen. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's it's her trying to do a bit of a work, but at the same time, her true feelings are coming up. I think this was pretty adamant with a lot of the stuff that started coming out. What was it about Rumble time last year, just before Mania, when the fans kind of turned on her a little bit? Same kind of stuff then. And I just want her to keep Baron Hogan every week, though. <laughs> but I, the thing is, if it is, right, if it is a work, right, She's coming back as a heel, and that doesn't really set up the Baszler Rousey match, does it? Because they're both heels. What well, I don't know where it would go. So I'm four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. Four <laughs> horsewomen right, oh, right. So Survivor Series, Survivor Series, a Survivor Series return for, for Rousey. Crowd. If we're still under lockdown, there's no point bringing Ronda back for it. You want Ronda coming back? For it. Yeah. So Survivor Series. Mm, that's a the, good point. The phrase "nuclear heat" needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, right, I'm with you then. Okay, it's a work. It's a work, right. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for the news as ever, Gary. Right, if you want to look cool in wrestling daft merch, you want to, you know, have your macho man lounge wear pants with a t-shirt on top of it, wear one of our t-shirts, you can get wrestling daft merch right now at shop.special. When's the greater lounge trousers coming, John? I want That's, the lounge trousers. Do you know what? I should be total Vinny Mac in this. I should get wrestling daft uh, lounge trousers done. Good shout, Alex. But lounge pants have... with chip cheese and donut meat on them. Chip cheese and donut that's the that's the that's it, man. That's, that's the idea. <laughs> right. Chips polka dots, man. Chips is polka dots all the way down the down the legs. Oh, right. I'm on this, boys. I am totally on this with our design team. But we don't have them yet. They are watch this space at the moment. You can get some great t-shirts up there. We've got all the catchphrases from the show. I'm gonna take a bump for you. Chips, cheese, and donor meat, as mentioned there. Margaret, there's the fiend. Uh, I'm a Mark, and our latest addition to the Wrestling Daft Merch store, I'm a wrestler, Tay. You can get that up at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. That's shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. We'll put up the links on Facebook and the Twitter page. So, yeah, get yourself a, a t shirt so you can kick about the house in it. We'd really appreciate that. And if you do get a uh, t shirt, please take a picture of it on our social media we'll put you in the hall of fame we'll retweet it we'll do all that jazz so get yourself right now to shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft and get your merch there
So, uh, welcome to Fantasy Booking Island. Well, it's not Fantasy Booking Island today, it's Fantasy Booking Islands. Due to social distancing and the way this is going to work out, we've had to invest in an extra island, much like Vincent McMahon was going to try and do so he could do the wrestling on it. Um, so we've got island number one. Now, on island one, number one, with a, a rum in his hand, we have Gary Cassidy. And on island number two, which we've just bought, we've got Big Alex, an island to himself over there. Um, I'm in a boat in the middle of these islands, and in each island, at the suggestion of Big Alex, may I add, we have decided to book Drew from Mania to Mania. So, Alex is going to book him first, then Gary's going to book him, and I am going to judge who booking I prefer. Okay, and that is going to be the winner. The loser as suggested by Big Alex, has to watch SmackDown next week. It's a so, sad punishment, but you need this, it needs to be for something to make this worthwhile, let's be honest. Absolutely. Right, so, Alex, do you want to go first, or do you want to let your opponent go first? I think I kind of have to, really. Don't mind. Unless Gary does want to go first, in which case I'm more than willing to give him the microphone, but I did propose this, so it's probably me to go first, is it? Up to you. I'm just uh, shocked that I'm the person that resides on the first island after my horrendous booking of Drew McIntyre a few weeks ago where I had him against uh, Neville and Bad News Barrett. So <laughs> <laughs> thankfully my, my booking isn't that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm Don't start there. talking your down yourself before the match. Come on, Gary. <laughs> right, Alex, you go first then. Like, I'm making notes as we go in my boat over here. Okay, so I've kind of split mine into four sections that would run kind of from now until SummerSlam, then from SummerSlam to Survivor Series. Survivor Series to Rumble, Rumble to Mania. Yeah. Kind of to me. So the moment act one is called get the boy over, right? So we're going to start off, we're going to continue the feud with Brock, but we're going to do it via Paul Heyman as like a proxy. So we're going to bring up a lot of Drew's past. We're going to have like, and going over all the Paul Heyman guys. We're going to include the 3MB handicap squash match in this segment as well. But we obviously need to build something to get to, we obviously need to save Brock for SummerSlam. So we'll use a line like that Brock needs to feed off the negative energy of the crowd to put in a performance, and that's why he lost to Drew. So as a nice little interim, we'll have uh, we'll have Drew versus Randall Keith at July at Extreme Rules. Just as a little interim, get him over, I think it'd be a good match, and I just don't want to put him against Rollins. So in the build-up to SummerSlam, he's introduced him and Kurt Angle become quite close, because recently they've been queefing a lot of old superstars' moves onto the new generation, case in point Owens with the stunner. And in my opinion, to be a really top-level guy, you need both a strike finish and a submission finish. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Drew has a submission finish. No, I don't think so. Excellent. So I'm giving him the ankle lock. It, it tapped out a uh, cut angle with ankle lock. That's where I'm coming from, because it should have been Drew that retired Kurt Angle. So essentially, Kurt goes into Drew's corner as his secret weapon to beat Brock, and he gets the ankle lock. So we get the SummerSlam, Kurt's in his corner, the first crowd a event that we have post uh, post coronavirus and it's all built into the big Drew tapping at Brock in the middle of the ring in front of a crowd to get that kind of big hurrah moment that he deserved from WrestleMania. So we kind of got to move past that and put Brock to the back burner. So Act 2 is kind of setting the seeds for the rest of the year and where we're going from this point. So we're going to come up, so just before this happens we're going to do a wee draft. So we're going to put Seth and Brock away, SmackDown, and we're going to bring over Sheamus, Roman Reigns and the Usos. But just, just putting a little exclamation here, the day before, on the last episode of SmackDown before the draft, Roman loses to the Fiend via the mandible claw with a certain 
hurt glove in his mouth when he was doing it. So, first of all, we're going to go with the Clash of Champions. I've, since all the pay-per-view schedules currently on TBC, I've decided to choose my own ones. And so there's no gimmick pay-per-views here because I hate them. So, we're going to go with the Clash of Champions. So that is a good gimmick pay-per-view. So that just means every title has to be on the line. That makes sense. Let's put them up against Sheamus, right? Just a nice... Good, good old match, there'll be a lot of respect, and there'll be a nice, good old handshake finish between the two, you know? Just kind of making a bit of a bond between them. But at the same time, Roman Reigns wins the number one contendership for the WWE Championship with a little bit of help from the Usos. Now, he didn't want this help, because the Usos have gone full heel by this point, and he's kind of against it, and he's pushing back, and he's not particularly happy about this. So, we're going to push forward a little bit, and we're going to... Uh, uh, we're going to push forward, and we're going to go to the October pay-per-view, which is going to be Halloween Havoc, because they have the rights for that now. So we're going to do the big Drew versus Roman match here. So, basically, the story of the match is that Roman can't put away Drew. So much so that the Usos come out again to kind of assist Roman, but Roman's still like, no, I don't, know, I don't want your help. And in doing so, the Usos actually distract Roman, and he gets landed with a Claymore, so Drew retains. Basically. So we're going to move on up against uh, but after this. Roman goes a little bit mad, and him and the Usos hit a triple powerbomb through an announce table for Drew, kind of out of the shield a little bit, with Roman in the middle and his big So after this, Drew uh, kind of challenges him to some kind of team's match at Survivor Series. So Drew needs to go and find his pals as backup. So at this point, this is when he gets in Sheamus, so we've already planted that seed with the previous match that they had, and then being pals. And we're also going to pull up Noandar. I don't doubt it around a little bit doing NXT UK co-ops, but let's keep this as simple as possible. So, we're going to go into this match at Survivor Series, and basically, the Samoan squad are going to go over the Celtic connections via a triple powerbomb to Noam Dar, which kind of writes him out, or you get stretched out of the arena. So, um, the Samoans win that match. So, Reigns is big enough for his next attempt. Reigns is slowly turning more heel as this goes on, slowly but surely. So, uh, Yes, so this is the beginning of Act 3, entitled, It All Goes Tits Up. So this is where things have to change. So the next night, Drew comes out and challenges Roman to a false count anywhere match at Armageddon. So it's Armageddon instead of TLC, just swapping it around a bit. Uh, and, but halfway through this promo, Seamus comes out and says he's not finished with the Usos. And him and Drew challenge the Usos to a match on Raw that evening. At this point, I forgot to mention the Usos are the Raw Tag Team Champ. Right. So, basically, um, where am I? So basically, um, Roman tries to sneak attack to kind of help the Usos, uh, help the Usos win. But then, out of nowhere, a wee little Noam Dar with a wee crutch turns up and hits Roman, and you get the, the kind of the classic moment of Sheamus and Drew winning the Raw Tag Team titles. They do drop them back three weeks later on the Go Home Show before Armageddon with interference from Roman. At this point, we've almost got Roman at the full turn. So, Armageddon, we have a Falls Count Anywhere match. Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Falls a very similar story to what we did a couple of months ago, where Roman just can't find a way to put Drew away. The Usos come out, and this time he fully accepts the Usos' help with a full heel turn. They do the power bomb through the announce table, and since it's a Falls Count Anywhere, he pins him right then and right there. Roman Reigns wins the WWE Championship and goes full bad man heel. Because if Drew is going to become the face of the company, I think it's time to do what they never did to Roman to Cena, turn him heel, get him involved in that Usos gangster gimmick, 
think we can really get over, potentially get him over as a full heel, and then they can transition back to a face potentially in the future. So, and it leaves a spot as a nice big top face there for Drew to really kind of take that up and take that on. So, <clears throat> so, now Roman is the title. We're moving into the Royal Rumble. So there is a basically a match on Raw to determine. It's like a stupid elimination match. The first person eliminated comes in at number one. The last person eliminated gets number 30. Drew somehow gets knocked out and gets eliminated first. So Drew enters the Rumble at one. Sheamus wins the match and enters the Rumble at 30. So Drew starts. Iron Man performance takes on Roman Reigns' elimination record for the most eliminations in a Rumble, just for another middle finger up Roman at this point. And Jimmy Uso comes out at number 29. And so at this point, Drew's kind of standing, giggling a little bit as he knows that Sheamus is about to come out and they can just go and beat down this Uso. So Sheamus' music hits. Sheamus doesn't come out. The other Uso comes out. And they both essentially eliminate Drew from the Rumble. So I kind of have to do Super Saudi blood money here. So I've kind of set up a match that I don't really care about for this. So this is where you get the big payoff, Sheamus and Drew versus the Usos match. And Sheamus and Drew just beat the living shit out of the Usos, basically. That's what happens here. <laughs> Moving on to that, I'm renaming the Elimination Chamber back to No Way Out because that's the way it should be done. It's a much better name for pay view and still makes sense. So obviously Drew's in it. Drew wins, but he wins by last eliminating Sheamus. And just before he hits him with that final claymore, just whispers to him, I'm sorry, brother. Snaps him with that claymore. So Drew goes on to the main event WrestleMania, up against Roman. We'll do that in the classic last man standing match because everyone said that a cage match at WrestleMania, well, I was speaking to my friend and he said a cage match at WrestleMania was not good enough and that I can do a better gimmick match than that. So basically, Drew will go on to win that match at one point hitting a powerbomb to Roman on a table, as you'd need to do. And Drew wins clean as a whistle and he gets his big WrestleMania more. Just one last thing. So on the undercard of this, Sheamus actually wins the Internet Continental title to get his triple crown. And so he comes out to celebrate with Drew in the middle of the ring. They've both got the belts up. Maybe Michael Cole shouting some crap like the Celts with the belts or some stupid slogan. And to close out WrestleMania, Sheamus drops Drew. Bravo. Bravo. Well played, Alex. Well played. Um, I've got a couple of questions I would like to ask you. Should I ask you them now or should I wait till Gary's done his pitch? You do it whichever way you want. Do you want to do them, do them both that way or else you might forget? Does that make more sense? Right, okay. Well, I'll, 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 I'll start off. Like to like the involvement with Sheamus, like the involvement with Usos, love the Roman Reigns heel turn, right? Am I reading right, however, that the, one of the Usos is going to win the Royal Rumble? No, no, no. They only eliminate Drew. They come out at number 30. I haven't been scripted who won the Rumble. Right, okay. Right, just, just, check, just checking on, on that one. I don't like the, the handshake between Seamus and Drew, but that goes back to my point. <laughs> you don't like handshakes, man. You don't like handshakes. <laughs> I don't like handshakes. <laughs> well, I, think, I think a good turn, there needs to be some sustenance there. So the idea is to build up that friendship with him and Seamus. To then have the big turn, so you kind of get a big rolling turn, and then you, yeah. you don't only you also get that story, but then you build to the next story. Right. Okay. 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 I thought I would. I was expecting a Sheamus heel turn with a Sheamus versus uh, Drew match at uh, WrestleMania. I have to say, I, I think that would have been very good. But I do like how you've got them both together because I think that Sheamus. Uh, everyone wants to see that in WWE: a Sheamus versus McIntyre match. Yeah. Well, you've got to get that triple crown out of the way for Sheamus. I think. Right, okay. Out of the way at this WrestleMania, so then you don't have that 
booking short pang more that you've got to do with them at some point. The only other thing I would like to have seen there, Alex, when you mentioned Noam coming up, to make it a four-man at um, Survivor Series would be Drew calling up the Coffee Brothers and Wolfgang uh, for Survivor Series. I would have liked to have seen Gallus' involvement and uh, his own little gang then getting formed. But I considered I considered in the Survivor Series team of Shamo Dar and the other two members of 3MB. <laughs> that would have been great. 3MB squash match was enough. The 3MB squash match. Okay, no, listen, well played, mate. Well played. Really good, decent booking. Let's move on to Gary's booking of Drew then. From Mania to Mania on Fantasy Booking Island. On you go, son. I feel like I'm on a loser already because I feel like I've uh, just challenged Bray Wyatt to a Firefly Funhouse match and accepting this. Um, <laughs> but mine's isn't quite as detailed, but we'll see how we go. Um, so, so mine's I've uh, booked it kind of on the fly earlier today, so it does take into account what's happened on Raw. So obviously Drew McIntyre beat Andrade, otherwise he was going to be a major part of the plan that I had. Luke's set to face Seth Rollins next. So I'm going from um, uh, defeating Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank to next WrestleMania. I've got him defeating Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank, and then the second he hits that Claymore and pins Seth Rollins, Paul Heyman comes out and says, not only am I the advocate for the former uh, former WWE champion, but I'm now the Raw general manager. And Drew McIntyre, because your win was in front of an empty arena at WrestleMania, you are no longer WWE champion. I am stripping you of that title, and you need to beat Brock Lesnar for that title at SummerSlam. And this is where we're assuming SummerSlam is in front of a crowd. So we get the big build yeah again. We get the training videos. Slightly repetitive, but we get everything built back up. And Drew McIntyre goes in there against Brock Lesnar and we get a 15-minute match. We get the match we were meant to get at WrestleMania, and Drew McIntyre hits one Claymore after the 15-minute kind of wrestling match and takes down Brock Lesnar. We get the one, two, three. We get the massive cheer, and then we are sorted. We've got Drew McIntyre solidifying himself as WWE champion. After that, uh, after that, that happens at SummerSlam, so the Raw after SummerSlam, we have Drew McIntyre coming out to the ring to cut his promo about um, thank you, uh, this is me properly winning the title, I had the crowd behind me, all that good stuff. And whose music hits? But Jinder Mahal. Jinder <laughs> Mahal interrupts him, full heel mode, tells Drew, you know, you're the guy that followed on. I was the guy from uh, 3MB that came out here. I was the guy that won it against all odds. You're just the guy that's been chosen by WWE, you were chosen by Vince McMahon all those years ago, I'm the guy so uh, Jinder Mahal walks down to the ring and then I'm just a one man band hits and Heath Slater comes out <laughs> and he's like wait, you guys have both had your chance I'm the guy that d- deserves this chance uh, Drew McIntyre's obviously still a face at this moment but while Mahal's distracted Drew McIntyre hits him with a claymore, um, Heath is just kind of confused but then we get confirmed that on that Raw after SummerSlam, Drew McIntyre's like, right, if both of you guys want your chances, we're all brothers here, I'm going to give you both your match. We'll have a triple threat match, 3MB, on the Raw after SummerSlam for the WWE Championship. Of course, Drew McIntyre wins. He pins Heath Slater, but after the match, Jinder attacks him, and Jinder's like, no, this isn't how it goes. This is on my terms. 
And at the next pay-per-view, we have a Punjabi prison match. Oh, <laughs> and the build-up to this match, <laughs> not only is Drew McIntyre going against Jinder Mahal, we have everybody involved. We have the, the Bollywood boys. They get booted out of nowhere. We get the great Kali. He gets booted out of nowhere. We have Indershell for NXT. They get booted out of nowhere. And then we've got this Punjabi prison match. Drew McIntyre, of course, wins it. After that, he comes out. Cuts a promo, and he's like, right, I've defeated Seth Rollins, I've defeated Heath Slater, I've defeated Brock Lesnar, I've defeated Jinder Mahal, who's next? Goldberg comes out, and he's like, at Survivor Series two years ago, I came out, oh sorry, it's probably about three, four years ago, I came out, and I challenged Brock Lesnar, and I squashed Brock Lesnar, why don't you put your title on the line to me? Drew McIntyre does. And squashes Goldberg in a second. Literally, Claymore, three, two, one, before the bell counts. As soon as the bell counts, boom, he knocks out Goldberg, retires Goldberg, and then that's it. All the next few weeks, he's like, right, so I've beat everybody. I've, I've retired Goldberg. Open challenge time. I want to put an open challenge for anybody to come out here and take this title for me because I've beat everybody. There's, there's no one else to beat. All the next few weeks, we've got people coming out like uh, especially former Impact talents. We've got people like John Morrison, Robert Rudd, Mike Bennett, Bobby Lashley coming out and going, well, well you know, I, I was on the same level as you in Impact, so of course I deserve a title shot. You came back here, but so did I, so I'm going to come back here and take that title for you. Obviously, Drew beats them all. We get to the UK tour, and Drew is still a massive face at this point. He's the first ever British champion. Of course he's a massive face, but uh, he comes out on the Raw in the UK tour, and he's issuing his open challenge. Take who you want for this one. I've put Pete Dunne in, but I think Tyler Bate would be equally as good. Comes out there and goes, well, you might have been the first person in the UK to win a WWE champion, or to win the WWE championship, but I was the first person to win a WWE championship. Come out there, they have the match. You know, the crowd is obviously behind Englishmen because they're in England, but Drew McIntyre is still working as a face. You know, Pete Dunne's probably the better shout. He's who I chose because it can work as a heel so well. But they do that. Drew McIntyre's, like, comes out the next night. And again, he has still, you know, face territory, but he's, he's very braggadocious. He's like, well, I've defended against everybody. I've defeated, you know, all your Impact Challengers, all your WWE UK Challengers. But I, I've still got this title. I'm, I'm the guy that's beat Brock Lesnar. I've retired Goldberg. I've, I've done everything. Drake Maverick's music hits. <laughs> And he's like, I was there an impact. I was the, the guy that was watching you do all this stuff, but there was one guy you did need defeat. There was one guy that you couldn't have put to bed that much that, you know, it, it, it wasn't there. And we get EC3 come out. Obviously, McIntyre defeats EC3. Completely kind of turns on the crowd at this point. And he's like, look at all these nobodies. This is all people you wanted to see me go against. And I've just absolutely demolished every single one of them. I've beaten everybody and then the lights go down and the gong hits but nothing happens. The lights come back up and then we hear American Badass come on. Undertaker comes out and he's like you left WWE, you got booted out of WWE but I've been here the whole time. I'm the guy here. There's only room for one person that wears a leather jacket to kick everybody's ass in WWE. I've been in the ring with you before. We had that tag team match and you were on the losing end of that match. So why don't you go up against a true legend and come up against Undertaker? 
we get a match that we'll, we'll say for all intents and purposes a boneyard match but any kind of cinematic match that's the royal rumble match that we get and drew mcintyre is dominant in that match as well drew mcintyre beats the undertaker but at the royal rumble alistair black wins the royal rumble and these guys haven't met before. Alistair Black has been absolutely dominant, but not in the title picture. The full way he's been doing what he's been doing on Raw, he's been beating everybody apart from Drew McIntyre, and he's built up. And the next night on Raw, Alistair Black comes out and just says, I've been asking people to knock on my door. Drew McIntyre, knock, knock, and walks out of the ring. And then that's the match we get at WrestleMania. We get Drew McIntyre, kicking out of the black mass because no one has deliberately done that yet but Alistair Black wins the match and then there's one little bonus we're going to say that's a 30 minute classic Drew's taken to the limit and all that good stuff but Alistair Black becomes the new WWE champion next night we bonus Drew McIntyre comes out on the Raw after Mania which you know that's where we get all our call ups for NXT usually and Drew McIntyre goes right I've been humbled um, I've been beaten and I've been beaten fairly but I'm here not to take the WWE Championship back from Alistair Black I'm here to take over WWE and he brings Gallus, Kaylee Ray and then we get Jack Jester and Grado in WWE and they form a group called the Brew World Order. and that's my booking <laughs> wow wow well, boys, <laughs> 10 out of 10 from effort for you both. <laughs> 10 out of Couple of questions for you, Gary. Punjabi prison. Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> like, really? What? 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 <laughs> I've also got to question... I know we never need to see one ever again, but I do think it calls for it. <laughs> there's, there's a few people I'd like to also mention that I've got a mention near the world title in your booking. Heath Slater, Kinder <laughs> Mahal, the Bombay boys were mentioned along there as well, and AC3. I like the idea of the Undertaker coming out. And it's like John Cena out. doing his uh, open challenges where anyone can get a shot. <laughs> right, okay. And then just that little step too far at the end of it with, you know, bringing Gallus, Kayleigh Ray, I get that, I get that. Then Jester and Grado throwing up out of them as well. I get why. What was the faction, by the way? Because mine kind of cut my feet, cut out just as you said it. What was the faction? The the Brew World Order. I know that Gallus yeah, might, yeah, they, yeah, they might not want to wear blue and orange, but I mean, well, we're going to take what we can get. Brew World Order. <laughs> right, listen, I have to commend both of you because that's a hell of a bit of booking you've got there. But I'm afraid there's only one person that's watching SmackDown next week. And just because... The mention of the Punjabi prison and the great Kali came in so early in the booking. Alex, you know, your Roman Reigns heel turn did it for me and the, the whole Seamus coming into it. Well done, my friend. You've won fantasy booking out. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I edit my media match? There'll be a Punjabi prison match between Drew and Roman Reigns. No, you can't not do that. You can't do that. <laughs> okay, it's that time in the show where we do a thing called the 10 count where we ask one of the wrestlers who's been a guest on Wrestling Daft to, to give us some of the favourite things about wrestling, some of their favourite matches, tag teams, wrestlers, etc. And this week, it's our guest from a couple of weeks back, 
you can hear that show in the archive right now. It was the local hero, Joe Henry, who's just released a, a song about COVID-19. When, when are you going to rename the town count for COVID-19 and ask them 19 questions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should do that, the COVID-19. We'll do that for maybe for, for the, the next couple, uh, yeah, couple of weeks. It's going to be what they did in a lockdown. What was your favourite pair of loungewear? What <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like that. <laughs> I'm taking that on board, Alex, and these unprecedented times. We might do that next week. But from now on, here's a man who sang about COVID-19. It's Joe Hendry. First wrestling match you watched. Oh, um, that's, sorry, that is tough. I genuinely think it was at my cousin's house, and I just, I wasn't even into wrestling at the time, and I think it was just like a squash match, and I think it was one of Al Snow's characters. Best match you've wrestled in. Oh, I would have to say... I w- it, it's either me versus Kurt Angle or it's the one I had with Kirby when I won the title. Favorite opponents? Uh, I'll go for Kurt Angle. Favorite wrestler of all time? The Rock. Favorite tag team? The Hardys. Favorite finishing move? No. Uh, people's elbow. Favorite promo of all time? The one that I just laugh at randomly every so often is when The Rock called Rikishi a thong-wearing fatty. Favourite entrance theme? I'm going to have to vary it up. I'm go- you know what, I'll go for angles. That's pretty badass. Favourite pay-per-view? Mania 19, maybe? Favourite match of all time? Flair versus Michaels. So that's it for the, another week of wrestling daft the marks. My big thanks to Big Alex. As always, I need to stop forcing myself to fantasy book things. Well done. It was, it was a good fantasy book win for you this week. And uh, the Punjabi prison legend himself, Gary Casty. Thank you very much, Gary. Um, and I just, I, on the contrary, I should stop uh, fantasy booking things because I'm no, you're too. good, mate. You're, it was a good book. It was a good bit of booking. Um, I usually at this point will ask you the question about list of wrestling daft, but we didn't get time to do it on last week's show. So this week we're definitely going to do the list of wrestling daft, the greatest moments in Scottish wrestling. So that will be on this week. Along well, with Grado to claim his victory parade, that he won an entire episode about that moment when Grado changed Scottish wrestling. Yeah? It's pretty much that. That's what's going to happen probably when uh, we get Rab and Gradle back uh, on the studio this week. Um, Davy Blaze is making a return on demand by Rab Florence and uh, the most popular. Have you seen any of uh, Davy's stuff from Self Isolation? No, I. He, he is, uh, he's putting on entertainment himself. Put Davy Blaze as uh, essential media. Because I think everybody needs his, his TikTok stuff to get through this. Get Davy Blaze in TikTok in your life right now, Alex, because <laughs> you will not regret, regret it. So Davy is a self-isolation champion. He's going to be on uh, Resta. We've been asking this question on the show for the last couple of weeks. Have you seen any strange things happening to wrestlers in self-isolation apart from Davy Blaze? Ah, yeah. Hulk Hogan blamed uh, COVID-19 on God. That, 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 that was noted. That was, that was noted. Yeah. Was that the news? So, so first it was 5G, next week it's Hulk Hogan blames God. These conspiracies <laughs> wrapped up pretty quickly, I have to say. <laughs> 
Done, well, to the we're all level. going to fantasy book uh, Hulk Hogan versus God at WrestleMania 37. <laughs> that's, uh, that's well, I mean, Vince has done it. Why can't Harry? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so thanks a lot, boys. Uh, the Rabbit Grado will be back with the flagship show on Friday at 3.16 as ever. And we'll catch you on the marks next week. Audio Frontier.